0: Hey, um, so we're in the middle of a series, um, whether you're visiting or whether you're one of us, uh, that's called something amazing that's coming up. Um, what's it all about is what it's called. And we just pulled together a whole bunch of key things. So last week talked on Satan, which is kind of crazy. So if you missed a sermon on Satan that you're like, what the heck is a church talking about Satan for? Then you can jump on the podcast and hear it, eh? Um... I don't know, I preached it, so I thought it was a great sermon, but ask people that were here, they might be like, no, it was rubbish, don't listen to that guy. Um, So that was really cool, and this time, um, today, obviously, I'm talking on baptism, right, because we've got a whole bunch of people getting baptised, if you weren't aware. We don't normally have this bizarre white thing hanging out up here. Um, So baptism, I'm a big believer. If you saw the newsletter this week, you'd know that I'm one of these people that thinks we do weird stuff in church, right? Some of the things we do in church... If you weren't like a church nerd and you came in like this morning, if you're, if you're not a church person, you'd come and you'd be like, what are these weirdos doing? Why is this person getting in there and then pushing them under the water? And when they come out of the water, everyone's like, Woo! It's like, what a bunch of freaks. Am I right that way? Eh? You'd be like, weirdos? Am I right? Well, I love the feedback. It makes me feel confident, like you're listening. Hey, so grab a friend. Um, there's some weird things we do in church. What are two or three things we do that non-church people Uh, Might think are super weird, right? So just grab a person around you, turn to someone, and be like, "Man, there's some weird things they do in church." Have a chat, and then we'll party on, eh? Okay, okay, whakaronga <laughs> mai, listen, back over here, I love it in church, eh? whenever you say turn and talk, you know there's a few people talking about what they're meant to, but there's a whole bunch of other people like, oh bro, it's so good to see you, how's it going? It's like, no respect for the guy with the microphone, eh? Um, there's like a lot of things that I think are super weird in church, um, baptism, super weird, communion. If you didn't know what communion was about and you just walked in, you'd be like, why are they all like so reverent? and like they line up, and they take the bread like it's all special, and, the, and it's like, oh, if you understood, you'd go, it is really special and powerful. But you wouldn't know. You'd think it was weird, baptism. Um, my favorite one is always Christian karaoke, right, which is what we just did. And like, if you didn't know, you'd walk into church and be like, why are they all like that? And like, then you see someone bowing, and you're like, what are they doing? And it's hands. We're just weird. Church people are just... Super weird, right? is my favourite super weird thing. Like, it's just next level. So I'll tell you a weird story. Um, I uh, used to go to another church in, <laughs> in Cambridge. On my, is there any other church other than CBC that are worth going to? I don't think so. Um, and I used to go to this other church, and we had a guy come in to set up a data projector, and... Um, he wasn't a Christian or a church person or anything. And so he came in and with his case with his data projector. And as he is an older church, and so we had well, like a built in baptistry. We're not like a random church that just borrows one off some other crazy church. We had our own built in one. And it had like steps leading into it and like glass around it so you could see it and all this kind of stuff. And as he walks in with the, the data projector thing, he just stares at the baptistry like, what is this thing in the church? Because the thing is, it has a drain in the bottom, right? Which I think freaked him out. So anyway, so we go over. We set up the whole data projector and test it and laptops and blah, blah, blah. blah, And everything's all good in that. And then as we're walking out, he just stops. And he's like, bro, I just have to know, what are you guys doing here with this thing? And I was like... (laughs) oh man, how do you explain baptism in like five seconds to someone who's got no context? So I started by going, oh bro, yeah, totally. It's like a core of being a Christian. So baptism is to do like your old life, it's like death to the old life. And as soon as I said death, he's like, "Yeah, oh, good bro, thanks, no problem. He just like gets in his car, out, and I'm like, I'm just convinced to this day that he was like, they like sacrifice, hopefully only animals, and that's why the drain for the blood or what's going on, eh? Super, so I don't know whoever he is out there, Jesus, just bless him. And I hope he's found you and not freaking out too much. Hey, so this is what I'm talking about today baptism. What's it all about, right? So, what's this whole crazy baptism thing all about? So, let's do some Bible, eh? Last time I checked, the Bible's pretty legit. So, let's go over there. So, if you got your Bible or a device or anything, let's go over to Matthew 28 18 to 20. It's pretty good, eh? Um, so Matthew 28 is pretty classic. Eh? If you've been in church very long, you would already know this. Um, you'd know this passage super well. Um, and you're going to see in here, Jesus gives three pretty legit commands. It's not rocket science. So I'll read it, and then I'll explain it um, to you all. So you, you're good. Eh? if you've got a device, make sure you get it, because I'm super shady. I could just make all this up, and you'd have no idea. Um, okay, Matthew 28. I'm just going to read 18 to the end of the chapter. Um, so verse 18 says, Jesus came and told his disciples. So disciples are just like his followers, right? His main, his main crew. Uh, and this next bit's real powerful. I have been given all authority in heaven and on earth. And so what Jesus is saying, he's saying, dudes, it's time to seriously listen, right? <laughs> I've said a lot of stuff that's super important, but now I'm kind of saying this like, this is important. All, I have all authority. So what I'm about to say, you need to listen. This is not like a, ah, oh, yeah, nah, yeah, this is important, right? That's what he's saying. And then he gives this kind of key bit here. So verse um, 19. Therefore, so therefore, because I have all authority, because I am the Son of God, because I am the creator of the universe, right? Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Teach these new disciples to obey all the commands I've given you and be sure of this. And I love that last bit. Eh? This is like one of the, the coolest bits. I'm with you always, even to the end of the age, right? Jesus is not going to just say, yeah, do all that stuff and then, and then split. Okay, so let me break down these three bits kind of pretty simply. Um, The first one's make disciples, uh, which is a pretty easy thing to understand, right? We don't use the word disciple much now, unless we're talking about some weird cult. So um, an easy way to think of it is like an apprentice, right? Same kind of thing, like an apprentice. So when Jesus says make disciples, it's like he's saying, I am your master, and so apprentice yourself to me. So if I wanted to be a really good builder, which I'd be... I'm a useless builder. I pretend, but I'm completely useless. I'd find someone who was an amazing builder, right? And I'd follow them, and, and I'd be saying, I want to be their apprentice. I want to watch how they do it. I want to see how they do that thing with their hammer where they flick it, and then they are just gonna kind of go, and it goes straight in. Have you seen that on YouTube? It's all over YouTube, so good. I'd want to know how to do the soaring thing where it goes straight. How am I going to do that? I'm going to watch them, right? I'm going to learn them. And my goal is not to just do whatever I want. <laughs> my goal is to apprentice myself to them or disciple myself to them, to follow them. Whatever they do, I want to learn. That's who I want to be. Does it make sense, eh? Okay, so I need team interaction, right? It just freaks me out. Makes sense, eh? Yeah. Okay, just so you know, I know this is weird. This team, excellent. This team, not even a one out of 10 <laughs> on feedback, all Right? I don't know. Maybe a half. Um, so an apprentice studies and works and learns to be able to do what their boss does, right? Jesus doesn't say to them, go and just make people that like me, <laughs> He didn't say, just go and go and make people that think I'm cool and that like going to church. He said, go and make disciples, go and make apprentices, go and make followers of me, right? Pretty full on. Then the next thing he says is baptize these disciples, right? So when they're, when they're apprenticing themselves to Jesus, when they're on that journey, he says baptize them. And it's kind of crazy, and I talk about this quite a bit at church, but because, so the Bible was originally, well, the New Testament was written in Greek, right? That was the normal language, written in Greek. And Greek's a real powerful language, and we always lose a lot. When we translate it into English. And so I'll read it in the English, but then I'll try and read it what they would have heard when, when they read it in Greek. So in English, it says, uh, therefore, go and make disciples of all nations. That's all good. And then this is what we read Baptize them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And we go, oh, yeah, we get that. Name of it means like authority. That makes sense, eh? authority of the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit. But in the Greek, it's way more powerful. So this is what they would have heard. It would have been like this Baptize them into connection or allegiance. In the name of the Father and the Son, Holy Spirit. Baptize them into connection, into allegiance in the name of the Father, Son, Holy Spirit. So, one of the things that Jesus talks about again and again and again and again is that when someone becomes a Christian, they're not just like Christian and I'm hanging out with Jesus, they are connected with the Trinity. Jesus talks about we have a very spiritual aspect to us. Yeah, we're physical and flesh and all that crazy stuff, but we have a spiritual aspect to us. And when someone moves into a relationship with Jesus, their soul, their spirit now is intertwined with the Trinity. And the Bible talks a lot about people being in Jesus, in Christ, or Christ is in you, right? So these groovy people that are going to get baptized um, later on, they have made a commitment in the past to intertwine themselves with the Trinity. <laughs> to intertwine themselves with Wairuatapu, with the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit indwells them. Jesus Christ indwells them. And the crazy thing is that they indwell Jesus, right? They are in Christ, not just Christ in them. And so one of the things that, that um, Jesus is saying here, when you baptize someone, it's this, this outward symbol of something that's already happened internally. They're a disciple, they're an apprentice, they're a follower, but they're symbolizing that they my daughter always calls it their niss. I don't know, right? Their soul, their niss, their niss inside them. <laughs> their niss is intertwined with the Trinity. <laughs> These five people, you look at them and you're like... They're kind of weird-looking, to be honest. No, they're kind of amazing-looking, to be honest. But we only see their physical. We don't see the spiritual aspect to them. (laughs) And they are not who they appear to be because they are indwelt by the creator of the universe. And they indwell the creator of the universe. They indwell the Trinity. Oh, I just love that. eh? That's that second bit, baptize them, right? Um, And then the last bit is, Teach these disciples to obey all the commands I've given you. Um, and it's real interesting. In the Greek, this is like one phrase. Like we kind of see it as three. We go, make disciples or apprentices, baptize, teach them to obey. And that, it doesn't look like that in the Greek. It looks like this. It's like, make disciple apprentices. What does that look like? Oh, it looks like a whole bunch of people that are baptized because it's an outward expression of what happened to them internally. It symbolizes it. And they're following Jesus. It's one big thing. They're following his commands. It's not like an optional extra kind of thing. Does it make sense? eh? it's not like an option. Makes sense? Okay, shot. It's much better on this side. Shot, Simon. Thanks, man. You're representing the side better than the rest of you. Useless. No, the rest of you are amazing, and Jesus loves you. Sorry, I shouldn't be rude. Um, let me illustrate it like this, right? So, I in my last job, I used to be on the road a lot, right? And if you ever talk to anyone that travels a lot for their job, like you're in Auckland one time, Wellington, Christchurch, the next day, blah. blah the worst thing about it is eating, right? Because you're always tired. You're in different hotels. You never sleep properly. You're tired. And whenever you're tired, your willpower just goes through the toilet, right? And so you're driving along and you see a really good fast food place that you know is unhealthy. And you're like, yes, let's go. Burger King again for the 17th time today. Woo. Um, And you just start getting rounder and rounder, which is not good. Um, And so I used to always go to Subway most of the time. At least my willpower was really low, right? And my thing was I'd go to Subway and get the Veggie Delight, right? Now, I'm a big meat guy, so don't judge me if you're a meat person, but because you're on the road, you're trying to be healthy, so I'd I'd always just get Veggie Delight a foot long, which is probably way too much, but no one cares, instead just a six inch and Veggie Delight. But then what they do is they're sneaky, right? And this is serious. I'd be getting a Veggie Delight to be Mr. Healthy Pants, and then they'd be like, and then they want to save all the extra stuff, right? And I love Subway. And they'd always go, do you want bacon with that? And I'd always be like, Well, actually, I really do. But no, I'm resisting. In the name of Jesus, you know, I don't want bacon. I'm trying to be healthy. But I'm like, it's a veggie. Bacon, really? And then they'd always do. Does anyone know what would be the big thing they'd always say? Wait, we're getting there, cookies. Before that is the guacamole. Every time they're like, did you want guacamole with that? And every time I'm like, no, you are not, right? It's just the guacamole is like from Jesus. Um, And then did you want extra jalapenos? I'm always like, yeah, extra jalapenos. There's always all these options. that try to just buff up the thing. And then, Eve... Yeah, the cookies, right? Who knows that the best cookies in the world, no disrespect to you or your mom or your grandmother or whatever, are from Subway. Amen? Yeah, shot, Nick, shot, John, John, kind um, of. So, so options. What Jesus is not saying here, Jesus is not saying this whole baptism, following his commands is a Subway kind of deal. <laughs> He's not saying that. He's not saying, hey, hey, I want you to, to make disciples, followers of me, And then it's kind of optional, these bits. (laughs) He's not saying, oh, for us, I'll take the the Jesus stuff. I'll take all that, but I'm not going to take the baptism, thanks. I'm all good on that. Maybe I'll do that later on, right? (laughs) And he's not saying to follow me and obey my commands is optional. It's not like, oh, I'll take the Jesus and all the salvation and all that good stuff. And I'll get around to ba- and the following commandments. Well, yeah, no, I won't. I'll skip that option today, thanks, and I'll just take the Jesus. Do you know what He's not saying that. It's, a, it's a all or, an all or nothing thing. Um, one of the things that is real clear in the Bible is this quote. This is from an old um, New Testament-like legend guy, F.F. F. Bruce. He said, the idea of an unbaptized Christian is simply not entertained in the New Testament. I love it, eh? <laughs> I love it. So let me say this with love, right? So I'm a pastor, so we're allowed to say, like, slightly rude things, but if we say in love, then you can't get upset, right? (laughs) Um, So I just want to say this to you. If you're a Christian and you haven't been baptized, then I'd just love to talk to you and and find out what's going on. Why not, right? It's not an option. (laughs) It's not an option. And it's just an outward expression of what's already happened internally. So I think it's something that we should do, right? Um, Often when I've talked to people and and talk like that, they'll say, oh, I'm just not ready for baptism. And then I always go, when will you be ready? (laughs) What are you waiting for? Are you waiting until you know everything about God? Because that's never going to happen, right? Are you waiting until you're perfect and pure and never sin? Because that's never going to happen. Because like, I'm a pastor and an elder, double bonus points, and I still sin. Shocking, right? Only tiny sins, nothing. No, no. I sin. All the elders in our church, all the people that come to this church still sin, Right? Um, so I just want to say to you, if, if you're not baptized and you're a Christian, then my question is, what are you waiting for? You, you're never going to reach perfection and then be like, now I'm ready. Um, you're never going to know enough to be, now I'm ready. So Jesus says it's a package deal, right? It's a package deal. Okay, so what's baptism all about? right? What ba- what's baptism all about? What does it actually symbolize? I've kind of hinted at it a bunch, but let me just break it down real clearly. Um, here it is here. Baptism is an external symbol of what has happened internally when a person believes in Jesus, right? So baptism is an external symbol of what happened internally when when someone believes in Jesus. So I'm going to say this a whole bunch. We've got five, like, complete groovers over here. Um, nothing magical happens when they get baptized. They don't come out and they're extra shiny, or they actually get out and they don't even need the stairs because they just walk on the water and just step right out, right? It's not like that what's going to happen is they're symbolizing what happened to them when they became a follower of Jesus, when they became a disciple of Jesus. That makes sense, eh? makes sense? See, again, there's some grunts here, you guys. I don't know what's happening. Maybe the, the, the heat is too much over there. I don't know. Hey, let's look at this verse, right? This is a cool verse. So Romans 6, 3 and 4. This makes it real clear, so let me kind of unpack this a little bit. Or have you forgotten that when we were joined with Christ Jesus, that's what I've been saying, right? That connection, that deep connection. When you were joined with Christ Jesus in baptism, we joined with him in his death. There's just so much importance around this connection that we have with the Trinity. And then he explains it. For we died and were buried with Christ by baptism. And just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glorious power of the Father, now we also may live new lives. So I just love this. There's two key bits in here, okay? Two key bits, and I think it's pretty simple to see. The first bit is that they're going to go under the water. So we're a church that believes it's called full immersion. I love how churches always have to have, like, big words. Why can't you just say, go under? It's like, no. No. We believe in full immersion. It just sounds more spiritual, right? So you'll see when the people get baptized, we want to make sure they go right under. And I've seen people baptized and they went under but like their, their nose or their forehead didn't quite go under and they'll come out, and the person's like, whoa, like, we've got to get them under, you know? Because it's symbolizing death. And we, when we bury people, we don't dig a hole and like kind of put them in the ground and like their nose is sticking out of their hands. That'd just be terrifying. Um, we, we dig deep holes and we chuck them in and they're going to smell and all that stuff, right? We, we, we bury people. And when they go under the water, they symbolizing death to their old way of life, right? Death to their old way of life. Um, t- to be honest, I think a lot of us are quite narcissistic. We're quite selfish, right? We're quite self-centered. Would you say amen to that, maybe? Yeah, we are, right? Um, this is absolutely terrible, so feel free to judge me, but I was talking to a good friend of mine in the cafe this week, and we were talking about a mutual friend of ours who's a total jerk. We love him, we're praying for him, but he is a complete and utter jerk. And we were saying how narcissistic he is. That's always about him. Everything around him revolves around him. And then my friend goes, it's kind of like he's his own God. And I was like, wow, that's such a terrible thing to say, but that's so true. He's like, so it's all about him, right? Um, One of the things that happens to us when we become a Christian, a lot of us changes. (laughs) A lot of us changes. For most of us, it's pretty slow, right? For some of us, it's years and years and years. But the plan is because I'm now connected to Christ, Because I'm connected to the Trinity, I'm drawing up nourishment from the Trinity, right? And so as I nourish myself in God, I dig into the Word, I spend time in prayer, I hang out with weird Christians, I do all this stuff. As I nourish my soul, my my spirit, my ness, right, in in God, then what's going to come out of me? God. (laughs) Whatever I nourish myself in is going to come out of me. And so the more I'm connected to, to God, the more God is going to come out with, out of me. And I'm, I'm saying, when I became a Christian, I said, I'm dead to my old selfish, narcissistic, sinning kind of way. I still sin. I'm still selfish. But, man, less and less every day, right? Less and less every day. I'm becoming more like Jesus. Remember, I'm apprenticing myself. I'm becoming more like Jesus because I've died to my old way of life, right? So when someone becomes an apprentice to Jesus, they literally, Jesus literally changes them over time to become more like himself. We naturally start to become more loving, more peaceful, more patient, more kind. In this, we intentionally acknowledge our own life of being all about us is gone, right? And now we're all about obeying Jesus and following him. So that's the first part. When, when someone's baptized, they go under and it's symbolizing death to the old life. And when that happens, we're all kind of like, Cool. We get that, right? That makes sense. And then the second part, to me, is the super exciting part, like the cool part of baptism. And this is when the person comes out of the water, thus symbolizing that resurrection to new life, that new life in Christ, right? And they're saying, yeah, the old me is gone. Where I chose, where I made all the decisions, now it's me and Jesus, man. We're you know team, team Jordan, team Kiara. You know what I mean? It's Jesus and Jordan. It's not just Jordan. It's Jesus and Kiara, Jesus and Zara, Jesus and Brooklyn, Jesus and... Even Ella, what the heck, amazing. (laughs) Amazing, eh? It's not just them, right? I just love that, eh? Um, They're saying my my future is different. I'm a different person now. When I come out of the water, I'm symbolizing that when I became a Christian, old is gone, I'm now committed to that, and Jesus changes everything for me. So one of the things I'd like to ask us to do, we're not like the most expressive church uh, on on the planet, but one of the things I'd love us to do is when that person comes out of the water, for us to just be like, wow. Because it's symbolizing new life, right? It's symbolizing death to their old way of life and to their new life. Man, I'm committed to following Jesus, right? I just love that, eh? I love that. Hey, let me pray, and then we're going to do some baptisms, though. Let me pray for us all. Yeah, let's pray together. I just want to poly- If I was a bit rude, if you're not baptised yet and you love Jesus, it's between you and him, right? It's not my job. I just I don't know. I'm just real passionate about it being such an important commitment, eh? It's that step saying, man, I'm serious about this Jesus thing. It's already happened. I'm already connected, but it's an important symbol in my journey. So if, if I was a bit rude, I apologise, but I'd encourage you to be thinking hard about it, eh? Yeah. Yeah, kia ora atua. Um... thanks for making this whole baptism thing super clear. I know for someone who doesn't understand it's completely weird. But when we understand the symbolism behind it, to me, it's so exciting, eh? Um, I thank you that it's kind of scary, too. Um, I thank you that these people are going to come up and share a little bit about who they are, why they want to follow Jesus. And for them, that's real scary, eh? I just love, though, that they've gotten over that, the fear of it. And they're like, nah. My relationship with Jesus, my connection with him, my intertwining of my soul, my spirit, and my mind, my body with the Trinity um, is more important to me than just fear, um, being worried. Thanks for that, A. Eh? Um. Thanks for hearing our prayers, God. Thanks that you really are a God who changes things based on the prayers of your people. So now as a community of faith, um, whether from other churches or wherever the heck we're from, we don't really care. eh? We're a community of people that think you're pretty awesome, God. So now as a community, we just call out to you, eh, combined. On behalf of these cool people getting baptised now, these five young-ish people, man, we just pray a blessing on them in the name of Jesus Christ. We pray empowerment over them. We pray blessing over them. We pray guidance over them, God. Um, we know nothing magical happens, but at the same time, we pray that as they take this step of faith, as they take another step in their journey of commitment to you, that things do change within them. We know that you're a very responsive God and that often you wait for us to take that first step, and then when you do, you're like, boom, I'm in there. Oh, man, so I just lift them up before you. I just pray again that real blessing of Almighty God on them. I pray that they will be people that are guided way more than other people. <laughs> they are people that experience the blessing, the empowerment of God way more than other people because they've stepped out in faith before you. Yeah, so bless them now. Bless them now as we um, move into this baptism. God is cool. Yeah, I pray all this in the name of Jesus. Amen.